This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. But dude, it was like, you guys are so stupid. (laughs) I'm like, shit. And you know what? Those comments don't hurt my feelings. I was just trying to sit there and wrap my head around it. It's like, what? Why are you so mad? <laughs> why, why are you so, so mad? Why, why are you so mad? Why are you so mad, bro? You mad? Yeah, why are you, why are you so mad? And I just was cracking up for yeah. the past couple days. And it's just like, I'm I'm dying laughing. And some of the stuff I started writing to people just to make them even more mad. Yeah. And I'm dying laughing on the other side. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm being an asshole. So I just... In five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Making sure these goddamn mics work okay. <laughs> Been having issues lately, man. <laughs> Bro, I don't know what the fuck is going on, man. I've we I had two other podcasts yeah. with my buddies Pat and Nick, and yeah. then Nick's fucking mic was off. Oh, and man. I had to lose two yeah, podcasts. The pod- that almost happened for the podcast with me and Ed too. Yeah, I know. So yeah. what? So I found out what happened with yours is yeah. that. So I have some, so if you guys want to start podcasting right and you're using something like like a Zoom recorder right which is a it's like a three hundred dollar digital uh, field recorder right well you need something to boost the signal so you get something called a cloud lifter so I didn't have your mic plugged into the cloud lifter which is why the levels were so low. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So I, I I was like racking my brains over it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like throughout the whole podcast, you kept looking at it and fiddling with it. I'm yeah, like, I'm oh. like, why the fuck? I was like, yo, your soft ass fucking voice, man. I was getting hella mad. It's like one of those feelings. It's like when you, when you're, this is what it felt like. Yeah. It's like, if you guys can relate, you guys ever just leave your keys somewhere and you felt like you did have it, then you place it somewhere while you're in a hurry to leave. And when you go back, your keys are missing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have to go, but you have to be somewhere at a certain time. Yeah. That's what it fucking felt yeah. like. And I was pissed. I was getting fucking mad. Well, that and this whole debacle this whole too. shit. And it kept on tearing up the wall, so I had to repaint the wall. Oh, yeah. Dude, that shit hit me, well, like three times, I that think, shit. man. It's falling apart, bro. Dude, people were, listen, people were listening to the podcast uh-huh. and they went back to the video because they wanted to see oh, you get sense. hit with the tree. Makes sense. Because yeah. if they're just <laughs> listening to it on the audio form, they're like, what the fuck's going they on? They don't know what the fuck is happening, man. <laughs> I, hey, to be fair, I didn't know what was going on either. I, I didn't like, get it either, dude. <laughs> Everything here is really fucking janky, man. If you go to other people's podcasts, yeah. like I've I've been on set, like people don't know how small this room is. This is actually a very this is the smallest room in the house. Yeah. And I just make it work. Other yeah. people, they have a producer there. Right. Uh they the they have a showrunner. Yeah. They have somebody running a live switcher, all this other shit. Yeah. This is literally just myself. <laughs> just- DIY right here. Yeah. DIY project. I, I edit all the podcasts <laughs> yeah. myself. I do everything by myself. Yeah. So when people think that this is a whole production, it's not. I just mm-hmm. kind of learn on the go and on the fly. So, But an important lesson to the young folks out there is that if they say they want to do something like this and they say, oh, I can't because I don't have the resources, I don't have a team, whatever. Nah, man. 
<laughs> living proof right here. I He's know. doing it all. I lose sleep for no reason. It's because I'm too cheap to hire people, dude. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is expensive. <laughs> but it's it, but it's true though. Like in today's society, if you want to learn how to do something, the information's out there. I'm not saying yeah. that it's easy. It's actually very fucking hard. Yeah. Especially when it came to editing this audio. There was I didn't know how to fucking do it. And mm-hmm. I only recently figured out a good flow to make sure that it works. And I downloaded the right programs to yeah. make sure I clean up the audio. Right. So when you start doing podcasting, one of the biggest things that you guys have to deal with is audio bleed. Mm. Like audio bleed is the hardest thing because you have three mics. And even if you hear somebody talk that's distant, it's not that loud. If yeah. it's two people, it's fine. But three yeah. mics pick it up. It sounds crazy. True. That's why when you hear us, every, when everybody laughs, it kind of sounds echoey. Yeah. Uh, the only way to get rid of that is if you go through each individual track and you just cut out everybody else's mic mm. i'm not doing that <laughs> at all so you're just gonna hear the fucking echo <laughs> that's all that it is there, there's a balance there's a good balance right yeah, of like not, what you can realistically do and have time for and you know i'm not sitting here like <laughs> going scrubbing through this whole thing for a fucking hour. right right if right. i pay somebody they better do it well because not only that is that you have to watch everything back in real time over and over again and make yeah. sure all these little spots are clean. It's not, and it's like not a five-minute segment. Dude. It's like hour, hour and a half, right? I know. And thank God I don't give a fuck about what I say. Because like, <laughs> if I did, I would have to delete so much shit. But you know, a lot of people that came on here, there's certain stuff I had to take out because of how… I don't want to call them soft, but they are very… Sensitive uh, about very, it. Yeah, they're sensitive about the things that they say, mm-hmm. about how… they Because they're worried about jobs, future yeah. casting stuff. It's uh, like, fuck, man. I see. I, I don't… See. It's so hard to live like that. Well, in the instance with our friend, well, we won't drop the name, but remember when it was the whole BLM stuff, we were talking about that. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that pertained to like his career. So that's why, you know, you had to take that down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other things when it's just like you're worried about what you said, it's like, come on, man. Like, Dude, I'm talking about there's people who have been on here who yeah. have a reputation for speaking their fucking mind. Mm-hmm. And you start to realize that. Oh, you don't speak your mind. You you actually you actually just say things that sound um very loud, but mm. it's already stuff that people agree with. Yeah. So you're confident in yeah. getting loud with this shit. So you're still PC. You're still staying within yeah. that lane. You're following a crowd and yeah. then you're just following what other people say. Like for example, like so recently I did a review on uh Shang-Chi with right, Ed. Right, with that, yeah. Oh, man. People are so mad. <laughs> they they're got, so, so got blamed for well, it? They, they got mad because, yeah. well, look, under understandable, if yeah. you really like the film and somebody's shitting on the film that you didn't like, mm-hmm. you, you could feel a certain way about it. But yeah. the moment the video up, 40% dislikes. It's like, damn, you motherfuckers just got <laughs> The watch. wave, man. You caught that wave, But see, man. here's the thing. Yeah. I could give a fuck less. Right. You know why? Because it's just a fucking movie. Yeah. Well, right. that and it's just an opinion. Exactly. Right? It doesn't have to be agreed to like people can disagree, they can hate on it. It's like that's just what one man or two men, whatever, think. That's it. It's not like you're saying this guy's a piece of shit and you know, whatever. Exactly. It was just a critique or a thought of a film from a Marvel fan mm-hmm. of what they thought about the film, which yeah. I thought that's how it was going to be perceived. Yeah. And then my friends were texting me, like, dude, people are, are so mad. And they were cracking the fuck up because they're not in entertainment. Yeah. They're just laughing at these people who are so mad over this film yeah. and they can't wrap their head around it. Yeah. And I could cut I I understand it, but I still think it's ridiculous, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that I like that people dislike mm-hmm. and it's okay. Right. I don't dislike i don't get mad i don't get incest by it. it's, it's like yeah. it's just oh you don't like something that i like well here's the thing i just don't understand kind of like the commitment to writing so hard for something or someone that you don't know 
that they don't they could care less about you. You want to hear the funniest fucking comment? What? Like this one had me cracking the fuck up. I was dying laughing. Yeah. I was thinking about doing like a comedy sketch of this because <laughs> somebody wrote it's like you're yeah. just jealous because you wish you were Shang-Chi. <laughs> Could you imagine if I was Shang-Chi? Bro, oh, that would be the funniest fucking film, dude. Especially that part. There's a part in the movie where he has to take off his shirt. Yeah. Dude, I, just, I just take it off. You guys just see this. The most, the most disappointing part of the film. You're going to have to do the, I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't like the film. Dude, everybody's going to tell me to put my fucking shirt back on, dude. Rotten Tomatoes, fucking 12%. Yeah. I think 12% you'd be lucky to get Duh. above 10. <laughs> that shit cracked me the fuck up yeah. because it goes into this thing of like, oh, this person doesn't like this film. Yeah. This person doesn't like me. This person doesn't like my thoughts. Mm-hmm. This person hates everything about Asian Americans. This yeah. person, is, and it just goes into this spiral where people start battling these fake ghosts that, that, that don't exist. Yeah, man. It just actually reminds me of um, a video that I saw recently on YouTube too is uh, this guy who reviews like music albums and all that. And he had a conversation with the Drake stan because uh, this guy didn't review a certified lover boy too favorably. And this stan is just like, he's so fr- He's trying to keep his cool. But every time this guy starts to say something somewhat in the territory of negative, he just starts going, oh my God, man. I swear to God, you don't like Drake. You hate Drake. Why do you hate him so much, man? Like he's done so much great stuff. And I'm like, dude, I understand you like his music, man. But it's okay if other people don't like it. Exa- you know? But that's the thing too. Art is open for interpretation. Exactly. Subjective. That's, completely. That's what makes it art. That's why when people do reviews of a film, it's just how they view it or how they see yes. it. Yes. It doesn't invalidate your feelings about yeah. how you felt about the yeah, film. absolutely. It's just you should listen to it as, oh, I can see why this person didn't understand this part or why they felt a certain way. Right. Which we were very, very thorough about those reasonings. And even in the comments, I was I had some great conversations with people in the comments because I really wanted to see. Yeah. And this person and I were going back and forth and I could see his perspective and he could see mine. Yeah. And it was a dope conversation, which I thought what was going to happen. Right. But dude, it was like, you guys are so stupid. I'm like, shit. And you know what? Those comments don't hurt my feelings. I was yeah, just trying yeah. to sit there and wrap my head around it. It's like, what? Why are you so mad? Why are you so mad? Why are you so mad, bro? You mad? Yeah, why are you, why are you so mad? And I just was cracking up for yeah. the past couple of days. And it's just like, I'm, I'm dying laughing. And some of the stuff I started writing to people just to make them even more mad. Yeah. And I'm dying laughing on the other side. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm being an asshole. So I just, I stopped doing that. But it was, it was, it was interesting seeing that, right? Because let's go, I mean, we were going to talk about this either way, right? Because mm. I wanted to talk about this. Um, Three hot albums dropped, right? And we don't really do, since we're going to go into a re- review mode any, anyways. Uh, Drake dropped an album, Certified Lover Boy. Mm-hmm. Kanye West dropped Donda. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Nas dropped... Um, King's Disciple. King's Dis- Fucking hell, dude. Wait, it was King's Disciple, right? Yeah. That's what I, I believe. I don't know. I just have it on repeat and I haven't even looked at the album. Hold name. on, hold on, hold on. I'm pretty sure it was called... Uh, let's see. Oh, sorry. King's Disease. King's, King's Disease. Disease. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, King's Disease. You know what's interesting? Two. I'm starting to wonder too, right? Just because of the drop of the album, I wonder if their beef was orchestrated or if it was fucking real. With uh, Ye and Drake? Ye and Drake. No, I think there's some real like animosity there because it stems back to um, like I think three or four years back or five years it's back. A, it's a while ago, yeah, right? When basically like Drake was uh, writing for Ye. That's kind of where it all stemmed from. And then there was kind of like a little hoobla around that. 
and then the whole Pusha coming out with the diss track. And oh, then, Drake was writing for Ye? Yeah, Drake Drake was helping Ye work on his album. And Drake, I mean, uh, Ye invited Drake out to Wyoming, him and 40. Okay. When, when, or no, no, was it Wyoming or Montana? What a butt Montana. fuck somewhere. Yeah, yeah. somewhere. somewhere uh, no disrespect to those states, <laughs> but butt fuck somewhere. Yeah, yeah, somewhere <laughs> in the middle of America. Uh, but yeah, Drake went out there. But then apparently, like before he got out there, 40 was just gave Drake a heads up saying like, yo, uh, the vibe here seems kind of weird. Like, I I really don't know what it is, but I just thought you should, you know, kind of know that before you get here. And Drake's whole thing was that he didn't really think much of it. But then, yeah, later on, you know, shit kind of hit the fan. And then even with like Pusha coming out with this and Drake, Drake was under the impression that Ye was the one who gave him that information about him having a son because it oh. wasn't widely known. And it, it, what was that track? The, the Adonis or something? Adonis, yeah. That yeah. was the name of his son. Yeah. Which, by the way, one of the coldest fucking diss tracks <laughs> I've ever heard in my fucking life, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then so that's kind of like what started this whole thing. And um, Drake actually had a follow-up diss record to that. But did you hear? Did you see the interview on Uninterrupted with LeBron? No, no, no. no? I didn't even see it. So, yeah. Basically, Drake was saying he had a follow-up to uh, the Adonis diss track. And then he decided not to release it because he said on that diss track, it was taking it to a place that was like, he didn't want to go there. You know, he, he didn't want to take it there. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, this is just beefing on wax, right? Yeah. It's a part of hip hop. But then because Pusha made it so personal, he was like, okay, the gloves are off now. And I'm going to have to really take this. So I don't know what he was alluding to. I mean, it sounded like to me, he was saying he had like a lot of dirt and personal information on Pusha and that it could have gotten really ugly from that standpoint. But I don't know. I don't know. He just, he was kind of vague about it on un uninterrupted. But the fact is, is that, that this record does exist. He did make it a follow-up, but he just never released it. Drop it immediately. <laughs> I want to hear it now. Yeah. I want to hear it so fucking bad. But yeah. I just, I just, I remember Meek Mill and Drake had beef too. Right. And I was right. surprised Meek Mill fucking came back with yeah, something shitty. Yeah. I think, I think um, that kind of like gassed Drake up too, because like when he got into that battle with Meek, Meek is supposed to be this like He's street a battle rapper, rapper. Yeah. And a battle rapper. And then like Drake just, he just killed him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, well, it wasn't even much of a kill. It was just like the, the opposition was so fucking weak. Yeah. Right. And, and it took Meek a minute. To drop the dip. I'm like, yo, man. It's you passed. Be, yeah. You're like, you've RIP already, man. Yeah. <laughs> when he came back with his diss, I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's too late, it's bro. Like, and on top of that, it was garbage. So, you know. But then they squashed it. And why, so, why did Pusha T and Drake have beef, though? I think it stemmed from um, because of Drake's, like, burgeoning beef with Kanye. Also, he was just backing up yeah, Kanye? Yeah. Yeah. Pusha T. You know, because Pusha and, and, and Good music and and yay yeah he fucking destroyed him though that shit hurt my feelings dude yeah that was i'm that not was gonna lie man vicious. we talked about it when it had yeah. dropped it was a crazy disc record and then it was like okay like drake what's he gonna come back because i i hadn't counted him out at that point i was like okay he could come back with something crazy too but we just gotta see but it just kind of ended there and then it faded away you know did you uh, like drake's album the new one that came out ah uh, 
honestly, it was really forgettable for me. You piece of shit. <laughs> was, was, you have any idea how many good things Drake has done for the community? Okay. You let know? me, let me. He let was me. in a wheelchair. All right. <laughs> the wheelchair Jimmy. Yeah. Fucking the grass. How fucking dare you? You hate paraplegics? All right. That's so how these arguments go, by the way. Here, here's, here's uh, uh, my opinion about Drake is that there's no denying his ear for music and talent and like just having good taste in general, right? When it comes to like pop culture, influencing pop culture, making music. This podcast is brought to you by WordTune, my friends. Every year, U.S. businesses waste over $400 billion on bad writing because that causes confusion in business. Guess what? It just takes too long to get to the damn point. Better, faster writing means better business, which is why your team needs WordTune for teams. I use this anytime I write a business email because your boy is notorious for not understanding how to write emails. Businesses need this. You can use WordTune anywhere you're writing online, including Google Docs, Slack, Outlook Web, and WhatsApp. You can try WordTune for free at wordtune.com slash brain. My listeners can get a discount for their team today at wordtune.com slash brain brain are you looking to elevate your entire team's writing wordtune improves writing efficiency up to four times better faster writing means better business start writing with wordtune at wordtune.com slash brain um but for me i feel like after nothing was the same really nothing was the same for drake like he who he was an artist up to that point and then who he became after that i feel like there was a pretty drastic shift now, some hardcore Drake fans might not agree with me on that. But if you kind of look at the tra- trajectory, I feel like Drake still had a pretty unique identity of himself up until that point. Yeah. But then after that, what followed? I think it was the collab album with Future, right? Yeah. So after that, it was just him hopping on waves of like basically collabing with people who started a, a certain wave or a style that was getting popularized, but maybe not on a pop culture level. But by Drake kind of co-signing and riding that wave on it with him, not only kept him relevant, it gave them shine and, you know, also gave him shine, right? Because it was like new and, and like interesting and popping. But people have accused him of being a culture vulture because of that. Yeah, It's like he's not original. He's just basically swaggerjacking. But doing it in like a very incognito way because he's also kind of like giving them a platform to shine. So it's like kind of hard to hate on that too. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't say this dude is not swagger jacking because he is. He's if you if you're looking at it in the most like objective way, he is biting off somebody's style. Yeah. But then while biting off somebody's style, he's not necessarily just stealing. He's also collaborating. Yeah, collaborating yeah. and lifting them up too. You know what I mean? So his, his the thing about his stuff too is like, listen, I'm not saying you ain't gonna hear me mime. A shit ton of Drake songs, right? Oh, he got, I mean, dude. Bangers. He got slaps, bro. He has fucking bangers, dude. My thing is, when his album dropped and I listened to it, I'm Mm -hmm. like, this stuff is good. Mm -hmm. But it felt like I heard it already. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I think that he's falling into his same tropes every time. Yeah. Because you can say what you want about Kanye West. No two albums of Kanye West is the same. Right, right. And he's always like pushed boundaries. And after he pushed the boundaries, somebody takes what he does and then kind of innovate it after. Mm-hmm. And he's always been like a, you know, a, a trendsetter. Right, right, right. So with this album, 
I think it's it's also a banger. I think he has a bunch of fucking tracks there that are dope as shit. Yeah. It's just like I feel like I've heard it before. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, I think here's my theory on that is that he's at such a high level right now within the rap game and within the music industry in general that he doesn't really need to try. Yeah. It's just more People like… just going to love it. Yeah. I just basically am going to do whatever the fuck I want. And no matter what, it's going to break records. It's going to be number one. Because every single album he's dropped has been number one. You know? I mean, and, and like when Donda dropped, it broke all these records, like streaming records and whatever. And then Certified Loverboy dropped and Drake broke those records. Right? So <laughs> In your face, Kanye. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Kanye doing the petty move. But did you see that? Like he pulled out ads in Toronto. <laughs> Of Donda, it's just digital billboards that says Donda. That's like, fucking this, funny, dude. Yeah. Well, they would, dude. He even did some other petty shit too, where I heard he like doxed him and shit, and he put his house address or yeah, shit on an Instagram post. Yeah, and then he took it down. And Bro, that's just hella funny to me. Yeah, dude. He, in the group in the group text that Drake was in, he was talking about like you know how he's survived bullies and how he's gonna like body you know Drake or whatever. And then Drake uh, posted just this like really I, like mysterious clip but it was pretty clear what it was addressing he just posted a clip on um on a story of him laughing after after yay posted his address and stuff like That's, he doesn't say anything drake's just driving in his car and he's just yeah. laughing and he's like uh you know that's just hella funny dude that's some like preschool level shit comebacks dude it's yeah. like hey fuck you dude i don't like your shit cool this is where you live <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna show everybody. I'm like, yo, this whole fucking crazy. Yeah. That shit made me die laughing, but, dude. I mean, granted, it's not really a big mystery of where Drake lives. I heard I mean, it was like on Google Maps or something. Yeah. Right? Well, that, he's the only fucking guy who's living in like a fucking $500 million mansion yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? There's even if you know where he lives, you're not gonna get anywhere close to his front door. Did, didn't he also like re- release he, an un- unreleased track in Donda or something? He like leaked it? Who? Drake or some shit. Oh, Drake did? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't I think know about he, that. And then also in in Certified Lover Boy, I think yeah. he's, he dislikes Swiss Beats. He mm-hmm. dislikes fucking Kanye, everybody. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely shots that um, Drake had taken uh, at Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the whole beef, quote unquote beef between them has been just very childish. It's never really turned into anything substantial where it's like also too, it's just like two of the softest people in the rap game fucking <laughs> beefing with each other. Yeah. Put some fucking gloves on and slap yeah, it up. Like dude. don't all right. If you guys are at this point, like don't pussyfoot around it. Just fucking just go straight forward then. You know, diss <laughs> each other on wax like hundred percent. Just make a diss record and you and know I don't mean soft as in like I'm any harder than then. I'm talking about, you know, there's a lot of rappers who are murderers and gang affiliated right, people. Right, right. This is a guy that did you know, Kanye West, who I personally, his first three, four albums I fucking love, mm. is a guy that made pre- the preppy look popular. Right. And you have Drake, whose music makes me want to fucking piss while sitting down. So, you know, it's like emo rap guy versus, yeah. you know, the preppy rapper. So it's like this this beef doesn't really, it's not really tantalizing for me. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think everybody just kind of looks at it as just a form of, funny entertainment it's mm-hmm. not anything serious or like threatening it, there's there's no real threat there it's just two people well you know what 
I, I think Drake has definitely taken the higher higher horse in in this whole beef. Yeah, where Kanye has acted a little bit more childish. And petty. I mean, th- I heard this fool fucking lit himself on fire on a performance. Who did Kanye West? What? Bro, I think it was like a VMA performance where he fucking lit himself on fire. Did it, for what? Just the, just out of shock value? Dog. So like I guess he was walking around. Remember wait, he, I think he was uh he he made his album in what stadium? Cleveland? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what, what stadium. I'm going to just at. Google Kanye West lights himself oh, on fire. Oh, you mean fire. the listening party? Yes, the listening party. He mm-hmm. lit himself on fire or some shit. He lit himself on fire at the listening party? At the Donda listening party, bro. I don't know about that. Oh shit! <laughs> you sure that's real? This is real. This happened. This happened at the listening party. He lit himself on fire, bro. For how many seconds? So I guess what he was—I I forgot. You guys could probably let me know. But he was—he was, he was uh, staying in that little jail cell of a fucking room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kanye West sleeping in stadium or something. Yeah. And then they had no audio, so you couldn't hear like what they were talking okay, about. Yeah, was. He was at the Atlanta Stadium. Okay. And he was holed up in there. Yeah, yeah. And I was reading an article that he was walking around yeah. in the the flame retardant clothing. Uh-huh. And so people are all thinking, like, yo, this is gonna be the next hot drop in his line and shit. Yeah. But it's not. It was just a clothing that he was gonna light himself on fire with. <laughs> yo, this fool is fucking crazy, bro. So so that's another thing to like really point out too in the evolution of Kanye as a personality, as an artist, as a musician. It's like, where has his mental health been during that process? You know, because we know, everybody knows, there, there's no denying that Kanye is a genius on some level, right? And he's made some incredible fucking projects. And there's no question about his influence in pop culture. You know what I mean? From the clothing to the shoes, whatever. Yeah. Right. But at what point did his mental health really start deteriorating to the point that it also affected his art? You know what I mean? I mean, for some people, that type of manic energy, crazy manic energy can can make the art better or or like inspire it. But in his case, I feel like there's been some really polarizing projects where it was like, oh man, I either hate that or love it, which is – a good response anyway because people are still talking about it whether they hate it or love it but to be honest man for me i haven't thoroughly enjoyed a kanye album since my beautiful dark twisted fantasy that was the last kanye album that i thoroughly enjoyed yeah i didn't even enjoy that one dude oh you didn't no. okay like i don't know man there was a lot of talks about him having like so many ghostwriters, which mm-hmm. is the reason why we like a lot of his shit, right? Mm-hmm. So when he came out with College Dropout, uh, what's it, late graduation? No, graduation. Yeah, late graduation, regi- late, registration, late registration, late registration, then graduation, stuff. yeah. I, ca- I think it's crazy how many lyrics I can recite from those albums because I remember listening to it and thinking it was like next level shit. Right. Especially when it came to his his cadence and his – uh lyricism it mm-hmm. was just so fucking different mm-hmm. like even this line too he was like mayonnaise colored bends i push miracle whips i'm right. like dude that is a fucking hot yeah ass fucking yeah. line yeah and then you know people were saying that uh consequence was one of his ghost writers uh-huh. also the people and then when i heard consequences album yeah it sounded just like kanye west's flow right i'm like oh maybe he did have a shit ton of ghost writers yeah but you know it, it 
I think the magic, the thing that I liked about Kanye, just to go back to, was the fact that he always created music that was challenging, mm-hmm. right? And it took me a few listens to get to like it because I would first listen to it. I'm like, ah, I miss the old Kanye. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I like the new Kanye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. he'll do something different. I'm like, then I miss the previous Kanye. Yeah. And then I listen to it again. I'm like, actually, this Kanye is pretty fucking good too. Yeah. And I think the great thing is, is that what he does with his albums that a lot of other people don't do mm-hmm. is that his albums are a representation of where he is personally at in life all the time right right and and that can be a good thing or a bad thing yeah. right um i think with 808s and heartbreak right 808 well you want to talk about emo rap and yeah. like singing rap that's really what inspired everybody yeah, everybody right but also he wasn't the originator of that if anybody was like true og of that type of style like t-pain cuddy oh cuddy cuddy was a very emo rapper sing-songy type of rapper you know and that's I, why kanye like linked with him too it was interesting when he what was the song that he came out that popped off which one uh it was his first one that popped off huge that every day and night day and night yeah day I and night da, 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 da. <laughs> i till this day i still don't like that song <laughs> i just don't like lyrically i don't yeah. like it yeah i don't like the off-key singing i don't mm-hmm. like any of that shit yeah and I went back to listen to it recently mm-hmm. and I still didn't like it. <laughs> People don't understand why I don't fuck with Cuddy. Yeah. Like they're like, well, if you like Kanye, you should like Cuddy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about his like his like the way he flows, I I just can't fuck with it. Mm. I'm not saying he's not a dope artist. Yeah, it's just yeah. for me, it's just not my taste. Yeah. No, but, I get it. I get it. That it's not it's not everybody's cup of tea with <clears throat> with his style of music. I think it's also a very polarizing style of music too. Um, but yeah, I mean 808 and Heartbreaks was kind of like a deviation from what was popular within the hip-hop scene and community at the time so yay has always kind of done his own thing for better or worse right doing his own thing sometimes led for me personally to like something i really fuck with and then other times it's just like ooh, yeah i don't i don't really know if i'm feeling that but i stopped thinking about it in the terms of oh i i want the old kanye or you know this kanye i just because because then that's kind of not allowing an artist to evolve and grow, right? Every artist has the right to evolve and grow the way they want to. And and the direction they go might not be for you, but that's okay because that's for the artist to decide. But then with this Donda album, first of all, it's two hours long. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's already a movie, bro. Ridiculous. It's already ridiculous. (laughs) And, And it's not two hours necessarily of music. There's just a lot of fillers in between. Those are one of the most annoying things for me, bro, is like when there's a fire track in between an eight-minute song. Yeah. Or eight-minute track. But then like… It's only dope right in between. Yeah, like two minutes of it is a, is like music. And then it's like maybe skits or talking or, you know, I fucking hate that shit. But anyway, when I listened to it, there were maybe about three or four songs where I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty dope. Believe what I say, obviously. I mean, I fucking love that track. But that was more so because like Lauryn Hill and it took me back. You know what I mean? And just like hearing Lauryn Hill again was, man, such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it made you wonder what that collab might have been like if they actually collabed together at a time. And then so you look at just kind of like the evolution of Ye and what you were saying, how he used to be like somebody who dropped really dope lines. But back then, he was a backpack rapper. That's what he yeah. considered himself. Because he was <clears throat> keeping himself in company with like your most steps, your Talib Kualis, right? Common. Your commons, right? And those are all people who were considered conscious rappers. I always hated that term, but yeah, conscious rappers. And then he started to kind of 
evolve into. I think after his mother passed away, that's it's you can see a that clear. Was, that was like clearly the snap for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, snap or change or whatever, whatever you want to categorize it as. But there definitely was a change starting from that point, and then his breaking up with uh, Amber Rose. I think is what really inspired. 808 and heartbreaks, you oh, know. I forgot that he was with Amber Rose, yeah, dude. Yeah. The the what was she? She was like the she was like um she was in the forefront of slut shaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, uh, <laughs> that was yeah. like that's like her thing. Yeah. Like don't fucking shame me for being yeah. a slut. Right, right, right. That, that was the thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. What the fuck happened to Amber Rose? Well, she has a kid with Wiz Khalifa. God damn. Yeah. Because I think that's who she hopped to after Yay. And then an they were together. Pussy, dude. <laughs> they were together for a while, but I don't think, yeah, they're together anymore. But anyway, yeah. So like when I heard the Donda album and just kind of like considering Kanye's evolution as an artist and I heard Believe What I Say, it made me think, I wish I got more of this Kanye that I'm hearing on this track. Mm. Whatever version of Kanye this is. When I heard that, I was like, this resonates with me on a level where I would want to consume the shit that you're putting out. But then it just kind of became this like really, I don't even, it's like kind of messy to me, the whole album. And there was no like cohesiveness. But that's what we were saying. Every album that he puts out yeah. is a representation of where he is in life. Like just mentally frazzled. <laughs> he's so fucking erratic. Yeah. And that album is literally how he is right now in yeah. his life. Yeah. He's so fucking scatterbrained. Yeah. Like, there was a point where when I was looking at Kanye, right? And, you know, when his albums were coming out, I wasn't feeling it as much. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it seemed that he had somewhat of a laser focus, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the way – here's the thing too. Like Kanye West became super polarizing recently too because of his sentiments and how he aligned himself with Donald Trump, mm. right? And for a lot of people, specifically in the black American community, he became the Uncle Tom. He's yeah. like, you're a fucking Uncle Tom. Yeah. Like you – Turn your back to our community. But then there was the other side saying like, look, he's doing what he has to do because Kim Kardashian got to meet Trump and then she started doing her work through Trump. Mm. So there was, you know, two things that were happening here at this point. Yeah. But this, there was a point where I felt like Kanye was so precise specifically with his clothing. Mm-hmm. You guys can say whatever you want. This man changed the face of fashion. Yeah, for This sure. fucking rapper, right? Who, number one, he actually did it even before the, his whole line, his his whole you know clean aesthetic line. He did it with the the, the popped up collars. That, like I remember in high school seeing everybody with the pop collar doing the double the, the double, <laughs> double polos. Yeah, the double polos. The fucking double polos, dude. <laughs> he was already changing the face of fashion right when he started because he was so different. Mm-hmm. And everything that he touched was fucking gold. Look at this right now. You have any idea how hard it is to make a fucking fashion icon sneaker? Yeah. Making shoes is so fucking hard. How many brands have you seen that are shoes that have been trying to enter this space saying, I am the next one? Yeah. And it has not happened. This guy started with Nike. He had his brand with Nike. And in fact, I I actually designed these Air Maxes, which I fucking wrecked. I I made two of them and I wore them so much because they went with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the uh, solar red interiors, Mm -hmm. the wolf gray outside, and then the neon green gum bottom. Mm. Well, that was a specific Kanye West color that Nike had after he moved to Adidas. You can't fucking do anything with it anymore. <laughs> yeah. You can't custom make those shoes anymore. Yeah. Pisses me off. It yeah. makes me want him to go back to fucking Nike so I can remake <laughs> those Air Maxes, man. What the fuck? 
Well, in his in his mind, Nike did him dirty, so that's why they kind of had that. Sold the red out. Yeezys. He had the yeah. black ones as well, the wolf gray ones. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff. And then yeah, he goes over fresh. to Adidas yeah. and then he does his Yeezys. Yeah. The first one, the turtle dove ones. Yeah. I had those. Yeah. Bought it for fucking four hundred dollars. <laughs> that shit is worth like three or four grand right now. Yeah. I sold it for like five hundred bucks. <laughs> Idiot. You, you couldn't have known though that it was gonna. That was the start of like something like that. I mean, I he, was going through this phase where I was just like, I don't need material possessions, and I sold all these shoes that I bought <laughs> just prematurely, uh, prematurely, and I only kept the ones that were given to me as gifts and the stuff that I wear every day. Mm. When I gave up that one shoe, I was like. I'm going to wear this shoe. Yeah. But then it was worth like whatever, 600, 700 bucks. So I just sold it. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck man. Cause I would, I would, I would be wearing that shoe till this day. And yeah. it's just too expensive for me to ever buy. I'm right. not spending three or four. For sure. For sure. Shoe. For sure. I mean, at this point in our life, there's better things to spend money on. For A hundred percent, dude. Yeah. I have, I have a fucking uh, Travis Scott shoe right here. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Sell it. <laughs> I was, so, so you want to hear some crazy shit? I yeah. bought this. I bought uh, the Yeezy's. Uh, taillights. Yeah. Right? I love those. I don't have them. You know why? Because this fucking company sent me the wrong shoes. They sent me three shoes. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then they sent you the Travis Scott's, They right? sent me the Travis Scott's. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you, yeah. me being the good man that I am, this is what I said. I emailed them. I was like, hey, you guys sent me the wrong shoes. Yeah. Um, I ordered this. You guys sent me something else. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, we need to receive the shoe before. I was like, no, 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 no. Send me my shoe and yeah. then I'll send you these back. Yeah. Because clearly you guys are fucking up. Yeah. I don't trust you. Yeah. Send me my shoe and I'll send it back. And they're like, well, then you can just keep it. I'm like, <laughs> I, do you understand that this shoe is worth like four times the amount of the shoe that I bought? Right. Like this shoe right now is worth like three grand. Yeah. And the shoe that I bought was 300 bucks. And they did send you the Yeezys too. They didn't. They so, didn't. So, oh, so that's you just why got I kept these. It. Okay. So, so okay. fuck it. I'll just keep this one. Yeah, then. yeah. Dude, let it just fucking build up in value then, man. Yeah, man. And you know what? Here's the thing. I'll, I'll show you it right now. <laughs> Oh, you got it right here, right here. <laughs> so they sent me these SBs, right? I was like, I don't fucking wear SBs. What yeah. the fuck do I look like? Yeah. Guess which one it was, guys. And it is the... The cactus, Paisley ones. Yeah, the Cactus, cactus Jacks, I think these yeah. ones are called. Yeah, the Dunks. I would never wear this. <laughs> I can't rock these. Yeah. It's just not something well, I you can... can, but you yeah. know, you can... Yeah, and you can pull it off if you wanted to. Yeah, but it's just not your cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea, man. Yeah. I am no hood man. <laughs> I just can't. I can't rock these. Like yeah. this is not something that I feel like I would ever look good in, mm. right? Because I'm more, you know, simple, more low key. Mm -hmm. Or if I do that, I'm like more bright colors or some shit. Like yeah. it depends. But this, yeah. this right here, you got to be somebody special, right, to wear this. And I've gotten a lot of offers. People want these shoes. If you guys want these, I'll give it to you for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> ten thousand in Bitcoin. <laughs> the funny thing is, is like shoes. Every now and then, yeah. I have an itch to buy shoes. Yeah. Like last night, I bought three pairs of shoes. Oh my god! Right, but it wasn't. It's nothing crazy though. Yeah. Okay. Expensive. Okay. Just like it's, everyday wear. Yeah. So I have a couple of shoes that I really, really, really like yeah. are these uh, Flyknit racers. They mm -hmm. don't make them anymore. Mm -hmm. But there was so much that are made. A bunch of people have them. Mm -hmm. And I bought a couple that were used, but yeah. they were used very lightly, but they were only a hundred bucks. Okay. So I bought them. Yeah. Well, I love these shoes. So yeah. I wanted to buy two more because I know I know one right now. I just had to repaint it uh -huh. because I wore it out so much. That's how much I like <laughs> these shoes. You repainted your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks brand new. I'll show you it okay. outside. It looks brand fucking new. Right. But I had to 
painted because I saw a bunch of YouTube tutorials, which yeah. by the way, it's fucking amazing what you can do. And apparently they use like acrylic paints mm. and it makes the shoe look brand fucking new. That's mm-hmm. how people customize their shoes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, I'm gonna buy these two. And I was like, okay, you boys gonna start jogging. So I bought another shoe. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't buy shoes that are expensive anymore. Yeah. I only buy shoes that I will definitely wear. Yeah. Yeah. And have you, dude, have you seen the 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 fakes game nowadays? No, I haven't. Like they're called UAs, which is like unidentified. Oh, okay. Like unauthentic or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like a B grade. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or like, you know, a reject of, mm-hmm. of the factory production. This is the crazy thing about those yeah. shoes. So you guys know I used to be a really big sneakerhead. Any Jordan from one to fucking 12, I had it. Mm-hmm. I had stacks on stacks yeah. on stacks of shoes. <laughs> I know. Got rid of it because I said I went on this like little, you know, I can be better than the material things I have. <laughs> Sold all these shoes. Yeah. Well, at the time, for every authentic that I had, I also had a fake version of it. Yeah. So I could walk around in it. Because <laughs> I never wanted to put my feet yeah, in them. In the in the actual ones. Exactly. Yeah. So the crazy things like these fakes were worth like 50 or 60 bucks, and were, those sites are taken down now. Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays. These fake shoes are so fucking good. Mm-hmm. The only way you can tell that it's not real is like you have to get somebody who is a professional who already has a shoe, mm-hmm. look next to it side by side, yeah. and then make the comparison. Right. That's how authentic they are. <laughs> but they still cost like 140 bucks. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I've seen um, kind of like threads on it where people, when for example, when like at this factory that was knocking off the Yeezys were making, trying to make it as close to the real one as possible they were going through versions and then they would post like the the updates on version two this is what we change in version i'm like are you serious there's a thread about community like community feedback hey you guys you should know it should be like this it should be so they're telling the factory what they fucked up on to improve on for the next run and the factory would keep improving on it there's like b grade a grade yeah one above that fucking ridiculous and and by the way too one of the craziest things that i ever saw so there's these ones the uh jordan one uh band reds right Mm -hmm. the breads Mm -hmm. black and red the crazy thing is one of the biggest tells is smell Mm. The second thing for I'm talking about the old one, smell and also the type of leather and the material that's mm, used. Mm. They're using the exact same fucking material. Yeah. Those bread, the the bread band ones, yeah. they're made with tumble leather. Uh-huh. It's made with tumbled leather. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like this shit's why even buy the real shit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the most knocked off shoes anyway. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Cause it's such an iconic shoe. The other the other issue with the fake ones are the toe box. The toe box wasn't mm. right. So it was typically a really fucking wide. Yeah. And so you could tell. So it would be a Jordan 1, but the toe box looks like a fucking SP Like dunk. a square. Or like something. an SP dunk. Uh-huh. So it was fake as fuck. Uh-huh. Dude, funniest fucking story ever too. Yeah. <laughs> so this little Khalif yeah. had to go in for an audition for like a sneakerhead type of thing. Yeah. Uh, he had to be a sneakerhead or somebody who likes shoes. Yeah. So everybody in the auditions are wearing Jordans, Nikes, whatever. All the hottest shit. So a while back, I gave Khalif a bunch of my replicas, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. I gave him a heads up. I'm like, bro, these are fake. These are fake. Yeah. These are fake as fuck. And he rocked right? them. <laughs> so like, because I would use them in sketches. Yeah. So when I'm in sketches, I'm doing all this other stuff and I yeah. need to move around and run in them. Right, right. I don't give a fuck. These are replicas. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So he shows up and is, I gave him one of these, I think it was these fours, these uh-huh. bread fours, uh-huh. right? And I think the Jordan was doing a layup. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
instead of a dunk. Oh, no. like, they were like, oh, no. they were like fucking jo- Jordines. Yeah. Michael Jordan. It was, yeah. it was fucking French. Uh-huh. It was a French ass Jordan shoe. And so he goes in the audition uh-huh. and then this fool gets roasted by other, the other people auditioning in the Who room. Sneaker like, heads, actual yeah. sneaker heads. Like, yo, are those fucking faces? Like, what do you mean? It's like Jordan doing a layup. <laughs> Talk. He's not even holding a basketball. It's a football. <laughs> it's a football. Yeah. He's doing the ice. Yeah. He's doing a stiff arm. Yeah. Bro, I felt so bad. He was oh, like, yo, these are f-. I was man. like, I told you these are fake, man. Yeah, that's the worst fucking scenario to walk into with the big chase home, man. Dude, just to get fucking roasted. I was yeah. thinking about just getting, buying the reps and just leaving here so people could wear it inside <laughs> the podcast because it's not real anyways. Um, yeah, one shoe that I've been actually looking at to try to get is the fucking… Uh, old school pumps remember those the reebok pumps i think they're still around right? yeah they, they did a re-release of them but then there's also there there's this company called la gear i don't know if you heard, ever heard of them dude la Back gear the, yeah. what are you talking about you talking okay. about the light up shit dude? yeah yeah so la gear made a pump version too so yeah. i used to have a pair of those which were then pretty much the knockoffs yeah, they were of the, the poor Re- people ones yeah they got sued by reebok for that actually oh did they yeah. i had a bunch of those yeah, dude. i had yeah. like two pairs of them because they were so cheap so i was trying to find the la gear version of it but it's like only of i think they only made it for kids i don't think they were, they ever made it in adult sizes but yeah that's one shoe that i've been trying to find like uh the knockoff version no well they're real la gear is a real company but they were just knocking off Reebok's pumps you would but, get those at payless <laughs> <laughs> I and know, I, and know I actually looked up LA Gear and on their site they said they're coming back. Really? Yeah, they, it doesn't say when, but they said they're making a comeback. So I'm waiting, man. Bro, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm waiting man. for those pumps to come back, man. Dude, if you guys don't know, man, like growing up, your shoes were everything. Yeah, man. it was. Like people would base your coolness yeah. on your fucking shoe. For sure. In high school, I remember I got these fucking clean ass, yeah. wide ass Air Force Ones, dude. Yeah. And everybody's like, yo, that shit fucking clean. Yeah. I walked around thinking, man, I'm fucking, yeah, these are clean. I was just like walking around it with my big ass <laughs> baby blue tee. Yeah. You know, but like yeah. those things were like those recognizable moments. Like people valued your your value yeah. as a human being based on the fucking shoes that you had. Bro, in elementary, there was this white boy named Jordan. And because his name was Jordan, like, you know, he 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 thought he was Michael Jordan. Like uh, when he played basketball, he always had his tongue out uh, hanging like this and shit. But his mom, I think he was she was a single mom, like spoiled the shit out of him. So this dude would have the freshest fucking kicks all the time. Every new shoe drop that come out, he would have them. Rob I would asking. be I was so jealous, man. Like all the time, the shit that I wanted, just one pair of, he would have for like a week you know what i mean and then it's another new pair of shoes i don't even know how and this is like when we're in third grade man like i don't even know if he had appreciation for what his mom was doing for him but this podcast is brought to you by raycon my friends working looks different for everybody especially these days you're working in a chaotic environment endless conference calls and what could make that so much better than a pair of lovely wireless earbuds such as Raycons. I freaking love them. Premium audio. If you need a pair of wireless earbuds to take you from conference calls to solo work to Zoom meetings, Raycons work. Earbuds are a game changer. I freaking love them. And here's the biggest reason why. They've got six microphones 
It's a system that cuts down on environmental noises and ensures my voice is crystal clear on my calls. Super important. How many times have you used these stupid earbuds where people don't know what the heck we're saying? They think it's all muffled and weird. Well, guess what? There's also active noise canceling for maximum focus and ambient mode for when you need to hear the world around you. And I love the 32-hour battery life so I don't have to worry about these things dying on me. The best. They also have a 45-day free return policy. So right now, go to buyraycon.com slash brainwork to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash brainwork for 15% off Raycons today. Buyraycon.com slash brainwork. Bro, he literally had every fucking new shoe that dropped. And I'm like, How? these aren't cheap, man. Dude, you know, that's that's why I have half the sh- You know, the shoes that I sold that were worth more, like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, why are you selling those? Yeah. Well, it's because the ones that I kept were the ones that meant to me emotionally when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. Like I got these Aqua 8s, yeah. right? But they were a pretty general release when they got re-released. Yeah. There's a shit ton. They're not worth that much. Right. They're probably still worth retail, maybe even right. less. It's I not kept- about that though. It's about it's, the emotions. It's about what you couldn't have when you were growing exactly. up. Exactly. Only poor people can relate to that. Yeah. You know? That's why Thanks it's for you- calling me poor. <laughs> <laughs> there's one, there's one pointed directly at me, and that shit hurt my feelings so bad. He but like, I'm saying, oh, he's like, holy fucking, holy poor people. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying, you know, that's why I relate to that too. You know, growing yeah. up, like money being always a problem and everything. It's like not being able to have certain things that you wanted, even if it's just one of. Like you're not asking for a ton of it, just mm-hmm. like one of it. And then you get to the point in life where you're a little bit older, you're making your own money. You're like, hey, I can realistically afford that now. So now I'm going to buy it. Yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons, bro. Like I have this fucking like shelf filled with like just all these different snacks because all the shit that I couldn't get when I was growing up, like I want that. I want a box of Rice Krispie treats. I want a box of fruit roll up. It's more so of that. Granted, I do love snacking, but- Honestly, there's you know how much I eat, bro. Like, yeah. there's no way I'm finishing any of that. It's just more so. I remember I couldn't get that. That's why I started buying like Lunchables as an adult. You know what I mean? Like when Those I was like, <laughs> disgusting things. Nah, but you I know used what to, I'm saying. I used to covet that shit so much. Who man. didn't? You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, my mom would make me a better lunch than that shit, hundred times better. Fucking throw it on the yeah, phone. Fuck this. Yeah, Give but, me the Lunchables. Exactly. But then you you got the kids and you see them pull out the Lunchables and you're like, oh man, you know, I, I wish this? I could have a Lunchable. That's trailer trash charcuterie, dude. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. What that shit is, dude. But when we were younger, we didn't know better. You know yeah. what I mean? That was just like the unattainable shit. Could you imagine how much that hurt our parents? Like our mom like makes this beautiful <laughs> by the way like, too. Prugogi my with mom like cooks kimchi. really good food. Yeah. His mom cooks hella good too. <laughs> yeah. It's very rare that I go to somebody else's home who says that their mom cooks really well and it's really fucking good. Yeah. Like his mom could open up a restaurant if she wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Right? Could you yeah. imagine your mom just taking like hours to make all the different side dishes to make the Korean kimbap? I know, she right? She gives it to you, and yeah. then you just go, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <I know>. It's <laughs> like, you oh man, side. fuck this shit, mama! Again, I told you, give me some lunchables, and that's all I crave now. I crave yeah. my mom's food all the for time, for sure, now. for sure. But when we were young, that's what I'm saying. It's just like it was just unattainable, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Doesn't matter if it's lunchables, pair of shoes, a shirt, whatever the case is. It's just like we couldn't have it because. Our parents didn't have the money for it. Bro, I remember in elementary school, there was this kid. His name was Ryan, right? Yeah. I liked American food so much because mm-hmm. I never got it. And, you know, during the time, like, when we were kids, a lot of the ingredients that were used in Korean food was mm-hmm. really, really cheap. Yeah. Like, uh, 
like also to this high protein diet, which is very expensive in American terms mm-hmm. or American, not American terms, American food. Mm-hmm. It's costly because of the amount of protein that you're eating. Yeah. Korean food is the opposite. Yeah. It's a lot of rice, a yeah. lot of vegetable side dishes, which don't cost much. Mm-hmm. And then Korean food specifically is a lot of soups and stews. Right. That, that's the biggest misconception about Korean food because Korean barbecue popularized it. So everybody mm. thinks Korean food is Korean barbecue and all these meats. But no, Korea was a poor country historically, right? And so growing up, just like you said, or or like not us growing up, but our parents, the generations before that, that's what they ate. Fucking carb stuff, carb heavy stuff. Dude, this is fucking body by rice. (laughs) Yeah, stews, soups. Uh, That's authentic Korean food. That's Mm -hmm. Korean cuisine. But like I feel like in pop culture, American culture… People mistaken Korean barbecue as authentic Korean cuisine. Yeah, Korean barbecue is it's really the popularity is very Korean American. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh Cape Town on, honestly was one of the biggest places that really sparked it off. Mm-hmm. Specifically with the all you can eat thing. Yeah. And now switching back to non-all you can eat because mm-hmm. people want quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. But that okay, when I first came to LA. That's all I hate. <laughs> he knows this. Yeah. I ate Korean, all you can eat Korean barbecue, number one, because I was poor. And there was this one specific spot. Yeah. Hey, Jang Chun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine, 999. 999. Yeah, dude. yeah. Are you telling me yeah. for $9.99, yeah. Yeah. I can eat? Even if it's oh. just brisket and, and pork belly, that's good enough. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how they stayed in business. Yeah. Because I went there like mm-hmm. four times a week. Mm-hmm. I think they were scared of me. Like every time I came in, they're like, like oh, no. oh, he's trying to be going <laughs> Like this guy's coming again. Yeah. I would try to take these Korean barbecue joints out of fucking business. And then could you imagine me being there? And then also when Ed Park was my roommate, his fucking fat ass. And Paul. And then Paul, Paul <laughs> yeah. would eat just as much as us. Yeah, exactly. He just was never as fat as yeah. us. Yeah. We would demolish this yeah. stuff. Yeah. But that was the popularized version of what Korean food is. So when I what I heard from older heads, now I can't really verify its accuracy or the history behind it. But what I had heard was that when they started immigrating over to uh, LA, right? They started thinking about opening up restaurants and was like wondering what type of restaurants should they open. And because meat was such a rarity in Korea, they thought, oh, we should do meat place because that's like high end for Korean food, right? Uh, so that's what it was supposed to represent. But then it just became <laughs> this other beast. The status quo is just like, is that's what it is now, you know? The meat consumption in the United States is huge. Like yeah. if, you, if we have, we were talking to um, Joe's girlfriend. Her name is Hannah. She's from uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. She looks at us like we're like, what the Animals. fuck? Why do you guys have, why is everything so big here? Yeah. Like why, when we, why is it that when we bought, when you guys buy a box of cookies, there's yeah. 70 cookies in this. Right, right. Who are you feeding? The, honestly though, our portions, like it's ridiculous compared to most of the world. It's crazy because she's saying that about food in California. Mm-hmm. I was like, just wait till I take you to Texas or Hawaii. <laughs> right. Let me show you what's up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, when I was in Hawaii, I went to Zippy's. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember it being like, oh, just the normal portion. But I also forgot when I used to go to Hawaii, mm-hmm. I was like almost 300 pounds. So I ordered like a, <laughs> a local moco from Zippy's uh-huh. and I ordered a chili on the side uh-huh. and some soup, which uh-huh. is what I would normally get. Yeah. So I would get this. I would get the Simon. Yeah. I would get a side of chili yeah. and I would get a local moco. Oh, fuck. That's making me so hungry right now. <laughs> and I was able to eat the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. You ate all of that? Dude. I Holy ate that whole thing shit, one bro. sitting. Easy. Dude, even just to sign in with all the carbs. You yeah. know? Like, I get it, dude. All right. I get it. <laughs> Only poor people do that. 
Dude, he was really fucking fat. That's, yeah. yeah. So when we went to Hawaii recently, yeah. I I ordered the same thing. I finished a third of it. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, this portion is ridiculous. This is some big shit. You realize how much you were overeating. Yeah, I just never knew. And yeah. it was delicious. Yeah. It was yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. There's something about food and nostalgia that always hits. Oh yeah. No matter how like I could eat at some of the best restaurants in the world. Yeah. If you ask me what my meal is going to be when I die, For I'm sure. always going to think about the food my mom made right. and the stuff that I grew up loving Absolutely. the most. Absolutely. Because it reminds you of something more organic, something more homey. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like you can go to these michelin star restaurants for the experience or whatever but like is that what i would want to eat on a like not even on a daily basis but like every weekend for example no mm-hmm. i much rather prefer like a hole in the prefer got a little fancy there yeah. no like i much rather prefer like hole in the walls or just like these everyday places that we go and eat at you know what i mean because those are the places where you have the memories, like the feelings with the people that you love. And like, that's what you share, you know? And food is such an intricate part of that. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What mm-hmm. are they when you die? Well, but the day before you die, what is it? Oh, shit, man. It could be a set of things. Breakfast would yeah. be traditional American breakfast, for sure. Like pancakes or, or waffles, How eggs. fucking dare you? <laughs> right. No, no. Just that's the, that's the one, right? Um, lunch. Probably is going to be like… So it could be any American breakfast. You don't have anything specific? Nothing specific. Yeah. Just American diner food. Let's okay. put it that way. American diner food. Because you know how much I love American What's on your diner plate? shit. Okay. Um, depending on the mood, pancakes or waffles. Um, bacon. Sausage. Over easy eggs. Hash brown. Very good. You yeah. can't even eat a third of that. Okay, <laughs> this will fucking eat. This, this will fucking. Eat, this will fucking eat like a runway model, dude. <laughs> and this motherfucker, you talking about but, all but, this food? You're not really gonna you finish. But you know, I like options, bro. Just one bite of each thing. You know, it's it, it'll it'll fill the stomach and the heart, man. And then uh, for lunch, I would definitely go with a solid classic American burger meal. Mm-hmm. Um, no frills, just like meat, cheese. Buttered bun, maybe onions, ketchup, mustard, and pickles. Really simple, you know, with fries and a soda. Dinner, my mom's, my mom's meal, whatever my mom would make. Probably kalbi chim, like, cause that's one of my favorite dishes that she makes. Yeah. Kalbi chim with like the panchans, like her kimchi, um, some like namur that mm-hmm. she does, like maybe some uh, fried tofu with the uh, yangnyum kanjang, which is the soy sauce. Yeah. yeah. Nah, that, and I call it a day, bro. Re- ready to go. Dog, you're such a simple fucking man, dude. <laughs> American breakfast and American burger, dude. You well, because that's like you know. You that's don't what even I want with. like sushi. Fuck, man. You know what though? I take that back. I take that back. Too late. You're already no, dead, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no or, or or supplement the the lunch with the burger, just because I gotta have both of it. Is I know it's a weird combination, but lamyon, any kind of lamyon, shin lamyon. Oh shit! You know I gotta have that before I die. I fucked like if you know if you're Asian Korean, like you know what that means to you. you lamyon know? is everything. Dude. Yeah, for sure. So I can't die without eating lamyon one last time. Body by lamyon. <laughs> 
was biting my labia, dude. All carbs, dude. Mariel didn't yeah. doesn't like labia. No. Every time I ate it, she was like, "Why do you eat that stuff?" And I literally backhanded her. <laughs> No, you know what? I don't believe that because it wouldn't be the backhand. It'd be the front hand. <laughs> I be choked the, her with my yeah, left and I started choking. slapping her. But she only. But to her credit, she started liking it once I started eating it all the mm. time. Because when I would eat it, she was like, you eat it like it's the most delicious thing you've ever eaten. Because it Dude, is. Shin labyan black with an egg, mm-hmm. a shit ton of green onions. Mm-hmm. I love a shit Me ton too. of it in there. I love green onions. Right? Yeah. And I want my noodles not cooked all the way, slightly chewy. Slightly al dente. Like a fucking Italian al dente, you <laughs> fucking. You. Yeah, you fucking. You know, Phenopoly, you fucking. You know what I mean? Like an Italian. Yeah. That's how I cook it. Straight up al yeah. dente as fuck. Uh-huh. And then definitely I want two eggs. Okay, but but this is one of your death meals then? Oh, let me tell you my death meals. Okay. <laughs> I love American breakfast. Uh-huh. I eat it all the time, specifically yeah. from this spot called Russell's in Pasadena. Oh, one of my Russell's favorite spots. Is money, bro. Dude, their waffles they are amazing. Yes. Cost and yes. Pie also has an amazing fucking waffle yes. as well. These are the things that I want I didn't grow up with. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't have it before I died, I'm actually okay with it. Mm-hmm. My breakfast mm-hmm. is a shin ramen. Oh, so that's the breakfast meal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Either that or it's noguri. Okay. Or it's chapaguri. You okay. know what? Fuck it. It's all three. Chapaguri. <laughs> chapaguri. This is my, this is, by the way, I'm going to die anyway. So yeah. I'm just going to eat this stuff and yeah. I'm going to throw it up and I'm going to get ready for lunch. <laughs> so it's going to be, I'm going to have shinnamyeon black, mm-hmm. right? With a slice of American cheese in it, mm-hmm. shit ton of green onions, two poached eggs inside. Eat that shit up. Skibbity wop. Uh-huh. Good to go. Yeah. Also with some sang kimchi on okay. the side, right? Okay. Very fucking good. Uh-huh. After that part of the breakfast is done, we're going to the second course of breakfast. <laughs> you don't get that. <laughs> it is it's still laughing though. Oh, okay. I okay. have to be full. That's not okay. going to be full. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. All right. We're going to have to go to Noguri. Okay. Right? Yeah. Not no Noguri pop- straight or chapaguri? Noguri straight. Okay. We're going to get, we're going to get Noguri. Uh-huh. And what we're going to do with the Noguri yeah. is we're going to take a bunch of seafood. Uh-huh. Dump it in that bitch uh-huh. and then eat that shit with a little bit of fucking cold rice in it. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm <laughs> so, fucking salivating right yeah. now, bro. <laughs> right? I'm almost done with breakfast. <laughs> I eat a lot. I'm going to do uh-huh. the fucking chapaguri, dude. Uh-huh. Actually, chapaguri. Just chapaguri. Everything straight. We are going to do chapaguri. Okay. Chapaguri is so fucking good, dude. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how sometimes I prefer chapaguri mm. over fucking the real. What the fuck is it called? Jajamyeon. Jajamyeon. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much I prefer it. You love it so much, it makes you forget the real thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's my breakfast. Yeah. Done. I'm probably easy 30 pounds heavier right now. Yeah. So much salt. Yeah. For lunch, uh-huh. I'm going to have to go either Vietnamese or Japanese. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. Mm. So… This is the tough choice, right? Because I love Japanese food. Yeah. Specifically when it comes to the like the art of sushi. Yeah, and, yeah. But sushi doesn't hit this heart spot for me. Yeah, it doesn't. It it's doesn't, good. Like, it doesn't hit me there. Yeah. So we're going to go have to go to the Vietnam. Vietnam? All we're right. going to go to Vietnam. This yeah. is what we're going to do, motherfucker, you bitch. <laughs> we are going to take the best. We are going to take a bun mi mm. with extra pate, the mm. number one special that everybody fucking gets. Yeah. Head cheese, meatloaf, fucking cilantro, uh-huh. pickled carrots, daikon, <laughs> double pate. Yeah. Cilantro. Um, cilantro. Yeah. Fucking delicious. Dude, man. Fucking <laughs> the best shit ever, man. Yeah. 
eat that shit, right? Yeah. That's going to start off the fucking lunch. Yeah. And then we're going to go into a nice big comforting bowl of pho. Pho has to be a part of it. Mm. And then on the side, I'm going to have… Jesus, this is all man. one meal, dude. You get you get so many options within a meal, man. No, this is this is how I eat. Okay. This is how I eat normally. All right, all right. We're going to have some bunsail. Bunsail, bunsail has to be there. Yeah. If you guys don't know what bunsail is, bunsail is a Vietnamese crepe. It's yellow. There is no eggs in it. That yellow is from turmeric, um, rice flour, and also coconut milk. Mm. Fucking delicious, dude. And you wrap that up however the fuck you want, and some and some herbs, some all this other shit. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Now dinner time. Mm. Is what my mom makes me. Okay. This is what my mom's gonna make me. Okay. She's gonna do her. Uh, not pindet, pindet tok. Okay. Pindet tok is one of my favorite fucking Korean foods. My yeah. mom makes it so damn good. Yeah. Pindet tok is a mung bean uh, pancake that's fried, yeah. crispy as fuck. Thick. Thick. Yeah. Delicious as hell. Beats pajan any day. I don't give yeah. a fuck what anybody <laughs> says. Pindet tok all day. Uh-huh. And then on top of that, my mom's gonna make. Um, Pijichige. Okay. So pijichige is basically it's like I think it's mung beans or it's it's also um kong, like mm-hmm. whatever beans or yeah, something. Yeah, bean stew, basically. Yeah, and so they'll <laughs> basically grind it up with like water, and then you'll have like a kimchi jige or stew on the bottom, mm-hmm. and then the PG on top. That absorbs all the flavor of the stew and you eat it with it. It's mm. fucking delicious. Mm. We're gonna have some keranjim on the side with mm. that. Amazing. And mm. then my mom's chapche with that as well, mm. and a little bit of kimbap. And then you can stick me in the stomach with a fucking needle and kill me tomorrow. I'm okay. You know, it's funny because Japanese my favorite cuisine, but I didn't have a Japanese meal in there. You, that, well, that's the thing too. Three of my top favorite uh, meals, uh, uh, cuisines, uh-huh. Japanese, Vietnamese, Korean, yeah. top three. Yeah. Everything else can suck my dick. Yeah. Like those three are my favorite. Actually, I need Mexican growing up in LA. like Mexican, I, need- I love too. Yeah. But Mexican is one of those things that I eat probably the most. Okay, there's four great things. <laughs> God damn it. This is really hard. Yeah. This is really fucking hard. Yeah. Listen, I love Mexican food. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'm Dude, dead. You know, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Because you put me like, yeah, you made me shotgun an answer right now. <laughs> so I didn't get this thoroughly thing. But as you were talking, I'm like, oh shit. I left out so many things that. I probably would want to eat and taste one last time before I die, you know? I love Mexican food though. Yeah. But it doesn't hit that heart note, the, mm. the heartstring for me. Okay. Right? Like okay. I eat Mexican food quite frequently. Yeah. I am the fucking Korean taco king of LA, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't give a fuck what anybody else is. I've eaten in almost every fucking taco spot here, dude. Yeah. I actually blow up, blew up like three or four spots <laughs> by myself. <laughs> I, I they literally follow me and they give me free tacos yeah. because I blew them up. Like I've never paid for a taco at these spots. Yeah, but well, Avenue Twenty Six is one of them too. right? I know. Shout yeah. out to the homie Caesar, man. Hey, check out Avenue Twenty Six. Some of the best dollar tacos Dude. you can ever have. Fire. Yeah. Fire. Dollar like dollar something. Ta- I think they're like a dollar twenty five now. But dollar taco spots, yeah. they're not all the same. No, it's not. In the inexpensive realm, Avenue Twenty Six is my personal favorite. Yeah. There's ones that are more expensive that. That's di- good in a different way. Yeah, yeah. But Avenue 26 is really right, good. Right. Shout out to the homie Caesar. Yeah. I'm on a first name basis, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys. No, no, no. Don't well, guys, yet. <laughs> Don't well, because we got to circle back. We got to circle back. We didn't talk about Nas's King's Disease too. Oh, at that's all. right. At I all. apologize, we got, dude. We got, we got, we got. I- we got sidetracked with with Ye's craziness, and then it let the food somehow. And I could talk about food for fucking days, dude. But just 
That right there, my friend, is the body of a poor man. <laughs> this is a poor man's body, dude. Poor people just don't eating, look like this. Just okay, eating like unhealthy this. carb food. No. This no. is crazy. This is an improvement of what he used to look like. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, we don't got to talk about it in length, but I just wanted to touch up on it because it was like kind of a contrast to like Donda and Certified Lover Boy, right? Like, yes. I didn't even know. I told you, I didn't even know it had dropped. You play me that. Played me a uh, rare in the car when me, you, and Ed hottest fucking track I was on the like, album, dude. Dude, what? Th- this is Nas, you know? Like, th- and you were saying, oh, you know, he kind of reinvented himself in that, and and I heard it like in his rhyme scheme, like in his cadence, like, oh shit, this is this is a rejuvenated Nas that I've not heard in a while. This is what I loved about that album. Yeah, one of the hardest things that you see when, uh, just for anybody in general, like mm-hmm. as you get older, you get stuck in your ways and then yeah. you have your specific taste. Yes. And you just don't know exactly. how to evolve. Exactly. That's what I was most pleasantly surprised about because Nas at this point in his career, he's certified. You know, he's a legend. Nothing he to prove. Yeah, he doesn't have to change anything. But he did. And I was, and it wasn't like he's doing something that's like completely uncharacteristic. Yeah, it's just like an evolution of him, and it was really refreshing to hear. And there were like legitimate head knockers in there, you know. Now, what I realized though is because this is King's Disease two, and then there was King's Disease one. I hadn't even heard King's Disease one, yeah. but I started looking at the song credits, and I realized what had happened. Nas linked up with Hit Boy. Hit Boy was the executive producer on both albums. And I, I was telling you, not one of Nas's like biggest weakness and crutch before was he just did not have good taste in picking beats. You know, I don't think he ever. I mean, listen, I don't know Nas personally, yeah. but it seemed like that wasn't something he cared about because yeah. he relied on his lyricism, right? So much. Right, right, and, and and he had that in spades. But it's like, come on, man! Like, if you want to have it be entertaining, not just like this deep, prolific lyricism, then you got to have dope beats with it. You know, especially if you're trying to sell records. But like like you said, maybe that wasn't a priority for him. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Or maybe he just sucked at picking beats. You know, yeah. maybe he's just like his ear for beats is just not that good. But when you got one guy who's also a proven hit maker in Hit Boy who's doing the album, chances are he's going to produce fire for you. Some bangers. Yeah. And then on here, like, yeah, Rare was my favorite track, obviously. But… I, I talked to you about this through text the other day yeah. was Death Row East. Yeah. That was an incredible song to have in 2021 because it's like almost 25 years later after the fact. The whole history behind it. And like for people well, who gotta, don't know. Yeah, explain it to them. Yeah. So Death Row was a huge West Coast. That's why I wore this shirt today. You know, yeah. like this is basically Death Row. This was Snoop, Suge, Dre, and Pac. So Death Row at the time was not only the number one hip hop uh, record uh, record label; it was a number one music label. They were just like killing it, bangers after yeah, bangers Dre, after bangers. Yeah, Dre, Pac, like Snoop, they were just killing it. And then it got to the point where there was a beef forming between Pac and Biggie, and then it became Death Row versus East Coast, and then it evolved into West Coast versus East Coast. You know. And at the peak of kind of that drama, Death Row had the audacity to form Death Row East. And basically their whole thing was, we're going to take over. We're going to come over here. We're going to show your people how to get paid. They're going to love it. We're going to put all the hottest East Coast records on our label. And we're going to take over your territory. This is our territory now. 
right? You guys can find a video about it. Look up Death Row East on YouTube and you'll see Pac with Suge and he's basically going off on it. Basically what had happened at that time though was, because this is right around Pac's death, I think. Um, there was beef. Pac had beef now with with uh, with Jay, with Biggie, with Mob Deep, with Nas, like pretty much all the big East Coast heads, right? And Nas... When at the VMA uh, Music Awards, the MTV Music Awards, uh, Pac was there and the whole Death Row camp was there. And Nas's younger brother, Jungle, who's a part of Bravehearts, he saw Pac and I think he kind of like said some words and they kind of got into it a little bit. Nothing like a scuffle, but there was kind of like beef forming there. Did right? you did you hear did you hear the uh, the Snoop interview about what happened? So that's the thing. Nas corrected Snoop. Oh, did he? He did. Because Snoop's Snoop's whole take on it was they ran into each other at Central Park. Nas was with his goons, like 100 of them. Pac was with like his crew, 100. And shit was about to go down. But then Pac was like, nah, man. Like, if you got shit, you know, let me know right now, right? But Nas was saying, nah, it's all good. Like, it's cool, Pac. Mm. We good. And, and Snoop's story was... Pac saying, well, I'm going to dish, like, I got these diss records coming out, and then, and I'm going to put them out, and you ain't going to say shit about it then, yeah. right? That's kind of what Snoop was painting, but history refutes that. Even Pac's own camp, Napoleon from uh, Outlaws had told this story. Nas gave his rendition of the story. So basically what actually happened was there was an after party where they did collide, and they did have all of those goons with them, Pac's goons and Nas's goons. All of them were strapped up, Right. So they're waiting for shit to pop off. Like, oh shit, this this might get really ugly really fast with this amount of people and this many straps. But how Napoleon told it and how Nas told it was basically like Pac and Nas got together. They talked, recognized that there was some misunderstandings. They diffused the situation and basically said it was all good. And Pac even was going to take Nas out of his disc records that he had Nas's name in when he got back. Oh, shit. When he got back to the West Coast. Yeah. But what had happened was he went to Vegas after that. Nas even went out to Vegas to do a truce, like an official visible truce of like, so that East Coast, West Coast beef is dead. We're deading it in public. Like, so you guys see this. That's what was supposed to happen. And that's what they agreed on. But then Pac died a couple of days after that. That's crazy. He got shot in Vegas while Nas was having a concert in Vegas. And Nas found out during his concert that Pac died. And, and you could see it. There's footage of it. They announced Pac's death at, at the concert. That's crazy. Yeah. You think if there was that kind of animosity between them, Nas would have given him that respect in that moment. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So that was kind of the whole story of what went down was like, nah, Snoop's version. I don't know where Snoop's version uh, like came from, why he's getting it like that. But from what Napoleon was saying, like part of the outlaws, it was that... Nobody could hear what Nas and Pac were talking about. It Only them two knew yeah. what, what, what was said. And so that's what was said. They were getting ready to dead the beef because it's like, all right, it's gone far enough. You know, enough is enough. Like, let's squash it. Two generals, you know, East Coast, West Coast generals diffusing the beef right there so nobody else gets hurt. No, this shit don't turn into something that doesn't have to. And then Nas talking about it on the Death Row East track. When I saw the title Death Row East, I was like, oh shit, this is going to be classic Nas, the historian, the storyteller. Yeah. Like, 
And it was. I was not disappointed. And it was so dope for him to kind of like retell it. Because I've seen interviews with Nas in the past, him talking about it. But then him putting it into a song form. Because I feel like that's a point in hip-hop's history that's not really talked about a lot. But was really, really important and monumental. Well, because the story that everybody remembers is, is Biggie versus Pac. Right, right. Biggie versus Pac. Biggie versus Pac. And there's just whole… There's just so much that we don't know about that like… Who really killed Pac? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything is all speculation. Yeah. Right? Suge Knight? Yeah. Suge Knight has brought up into that conversation. Yeah. Motherfucker's a thug. Yeah. Well, Suge <laughs> Knight is… He's a disgusting human being. Yeah. I mean, time and time again, he's proven Suge, that. if you're watching this, I do not… <laughs> I do not… I do not agree with this man. I don't even know him. <laughs> I got you on my shirt, but not because I like you, bro. Because this is just… You were on the, the you know, iconic uh, death row cover but yeah yeah it's crazy because like snoop's rendition of that story when he was telling it he was talking about you know when they came to get mm-hmm, talk mm-hmm. and that's what Pac said Pac was like listen like i'm gonna put out this diss track and you're not gonna say shit if you respect me so much he goes yo Pac, i respect you he goes, yeah yeah yo if you respect me so much when i put this out you're not gonna say shit yeah and you know now it's like oh cool yeah he's like of course not i love you i respect mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and then snoop was kind of relaying it as like Pac believed that he just sun Nas. right but in snoop's eyes he said that he didn't sun anybody Nas let him live that day mm-hmm. and so that's how he kind of viewed it but it's interesting how it was refuted yeah yeah no so basically it was like kind of agreeing to peace terms like just recognizing look maybe there was some misunderstanding because i think Pac thought Nas was taking some shots at him in some records that Nas had but Nas apparently said that he cleared that up to Pac. Like, nah, I wasn't taking shots at He's you. He's a very polarizing human being, Who? Pac. Oh, Pac yeah. was so polarizing. He but was- he, like, we forget, dude. Like, when we see this guy of, like, how prolific he was and, like, how his just charisma and energy and his voice commanded your attention. And, like, he made you believe what he was talking about, made you want to follow him, made you want to, like, you know, really ride for the dude. He was only 25 when he died, man. He was still a kid. That's crazy. Yeah, but like when we see him, we think he's like 30-something, right? Like he seems like this full-grown adult with this like really um, diverse life experience. And and he did though. He did have a crazy life in a short span of time. His his mom was like highly educated too, right? Well, she was part of the Black Panther movement. Yeah. You know? so Pac was also went to an art school growing up. Yeah. So poetry was his thing. And so like he had the gift of gab. He had the writing skills and poetry skills. He just put it into rap form, you know? And through that, obviously, he did kind of go down a path of like a little bit of destruction and, and like legal troubles and all of that. But at the end of the day… Shot a cop. <laughs> I don't. Did he shoot a cop? Yeah. I think that's why he went to jail because he shot a cop. Well, there was a few reasons. I mean, there was the rape allegations, you know. Uh, I mean, Pac got shot. He got shot five times in New York in the yeah. studio when he was recording over there and he thought he got set up by one of the East Coast heads, you yeah. know, that maybe Diddy and, and Biggie knew knew about it and never like told him about And that's why he got super paranoid and started really beefing with the East. It was like… They moved to the West Side. Yeah, it's like, y'all motherfuckers set me up, you know. Yeah. And I thought like we were brothers. Um, and so like, yeah, it that was… That was a really crazy time because you got to understand when we talk about East Coast, West Coast beef, if you were in each other's territory and they knew you were from another side, like that could get you killed. That could get you killed. Yeah. That's how crazy it got. Um, and, you know, we talk about this. And so I mean, that's even just to wrap back why, you know, I made that statement mm-hmm. of 
the pop collared rapper versus the, the rapper that makes me want to piss while I sit down. Mm. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm glorifying this. No, right? no, I'm right, just, right. I'm just talking about the, the beef that we grew up with. Right. To the point where a bunch of Asian kids in my neighborhood, right, or just everybody in the neighborhood in general, we mm-hmm. were claiming West Side super hard. Right. Like right. it's like, yo, West Coast till I fucking die. Yeah. It's all about West Coast yeah. shit. Yeah. It started bleeding into pop culture. Like with these kids who clearly aren't gang members or whatever, yeah. we're just all like West Side. I remember as a kid, I couldn't do this. And this shit used to piss me off. If you guys are watching this on video or not on video, is I'm throwing up the fucking the West, West Side. <laughs> the West Coast Wizard, baby. When you cross that fucking finger, you do it extra hard, son. Yeah. And as a kid, I couldn't do this. So I started forcing it and practicing uh-huh. it all the time. And then now you can. And now, every, all day, son, you can tell this is the one I did the most. Look how cross that shit is. You got it all the way. This one, your fingers. Not so much. This one, though, yeah. bro, is yeah. a W to the max yeah. West Coast, baby. Maybe. Yeah. No, but yeah, man. Like, so that's why listening to Nas and like him being from that era, the golden era of hip hop, him being an intricate part of all of that stuff happening. It was just so cool and refreshing. And I was pleasantly surprised, like I said, listening to his album. So there might be a bit of a bias there. But for me, I definitely enjoyed his album way more than I did Donda or Certified Lover Boy, just because it's just felt more authentic and raw. You know, yeah, it felt felt real. There was evolution. It was different yeah. from the stuff that he was doing before. Yeah. The production was fucking right. Yeah, Drake's felt like every his last two albums, mm-hmm. and then Kanye's was Kanye's shit was just fucking scattered. scattered. Yeah, and, I, and I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, so I was surprised you didn't listen to it, man. I was spinning that shit consistently. Yeah, Rare is probably to me the hottest track that I heard this year. For sure, I would yeah. say hands down for me too. No yeah. question, no question. Because listen, I'm a I'm a huge J Cole fan, mm-hmm. right? His mm-hmm. last album was decent. Yeah, it, it was. It, it, it was. didn't hit as hard for me. Yeah, I was. I told you about this. I there was a sense of slight disappointment based on the L.A. Leakers freestyle because I thought he was gonna be like. Now, granted, of course he had bars in the album, but I was. I don't know. That gave me a certain feeling of like, oh shit, this is gonna be like another level, you know? But it didn't quite get there it didn't really get yeah there. And, and production too was a little bit very hit or miss for me so i enjoyed it but not as much as i was hoping i would enjoy it yeah and so so you hate j cole i get it <laughs> nah j cole is still <laughs> you know him and kendrick are like the leaders of this generation for sure but Nas's album from a hip-hop standpoint for sure was the best hip-hop album so far for me this year um and which which is funny talking about even the east coast west coast shit People don't understand because you had mentioned Kanye having ghostwriters and mm-hmm. then the whole Meek, Bill and, Meek Mill and Drake beef stemmed from Meek Mill saying Drake had ghostwriters, right? Mm-hmm. Ghostwriters is such a big part of the game. Like you look at some of the most iconic West Coast tracks, still Dre. That is Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Who wrote that track? Jay-Z. Yeah. Jay wrote the whole track. He even did the uh, reference vocals in Dre's voice and Snoop's voice to reference them. That's crazy. Yeah. The whole entire track was written by by Jay-Z. The most, one of the most iconic West Coast songs. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So that's the thing is like people don't don't know these things, right? They just think like, oh, these guys are, you know, Dre's like the quintessential West Coast guy. No, but he's not really a writer. All his shit is written by ghostwriter. Hitman is a big ghostwriter for him. You know, Kendrick Ghost wrote his shit. Eminem Ghost wrote his shit. Jay Ghost wrote his shit. You know? So you guys got to realize that too within like when we talk about like authenticity or whatever. 
music business is just that. It's a business. It's about like whatever is going to be the best product possible. Yes, yeah, it's, it's and I think for that's very that reigns true for a lot of people who are looking for radio hits. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you're not going to find somebody who's going to write something for Jay because yeah. he has a very very specific flow, right? And his writing process is very very specific. And he's a prolific writer. He doesn't need a ghostwriter. Exactly. Yeah. He's pretty much good to go. If there are other people on his song credits, it's most likely because there's like on the hook or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, like even if he might be. Um, saying like rapping the hook or singing the hook, there might have been writers that helped write the chorus, but the verses, that's hundred percent him. You know, if you guys even watch this, just go on YouTube and just uh, watch. I think it was Blueprint, but I forgot which song he was writing. But mm-hmm. it's just him freestyling and then writing his freestyle. Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then it was a song. Well, the dude doesn't write. Yeah, you know, he 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 writes everything in his head. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. That's cra- every single song that he's ever recorded is all up here. Nothing is written down. You know what, what I mean? What was the uh, the the Yay and the the Jay Z album? Watch the Throne. Dog, I, I actually just uh, re-listened to it. Yeah. That album is so fucking right. good, dude. Well, speaking of that, the and in Paris was produced by Hit Boy. And he's the one who who produced that. That song's so good. Yeah, produced when that was the single, I believe, the lead yeah. single off the album. So for you guys that don't know again, Hit Boy, this is the guy who produced King's Disease one and two. Mm-hmm. And which is why you got these fire bangers in there, you know? Yeah. But yeah, man, I I I I'm really glad that uh I heard that song in your car that night because I, I, dude, it just went completely under the radar. Maybe I just been so caught up in my own shit, yeah. haven't been paying attention to these releases. But man, it was really nice and refreshing to hear somebody because Nas is one of like my all time artists too. You know, even though prior to that, I would say like Godson was my last favorite Nas album, yeah. which is like twenty long, time like two thousand six. You know, two thousand five or something. But yeah, this King's Disease 2, um, it, it was a fire album. She was sure. so good. If you yeah. guys haven't listened to it, take you know, give it a listen, man. I think it has a little bit of everything for old heads and young heads. Yeah, and let's look. All of this, let's wrap it up by saying I got no hate for Drake or Kanye. Like, they've, look, there's no argument to what they've done and the type of shit that they've put out. All I'm saying is personally with these two projects, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. And I didn't enjoy that much. Um, y'all can hate me for it for whatever, but... I got Drake. I got Ye on my playlist. I got their songs. Yeah. It's just, this was not what I was hoping it could have been. I feel yeah. like, yeah. Let the hate comments roll in, dude. <laughs> Whatever, man. It's all good. Well, guys, you could catch every Genius Brain episode every Thursdays and Sundays. You could see Ed at Ed2 on Instagram. And make sure that you guys cop your secret society. We got some new shit dropping yes, sir. real we soon. We got some fire dropping, man. There's something off camera that we can't show you right now. <laughs> I, w- I really want to show you because it's just fucking dope. Just, just wait for it, though. Yeah. Just wait for it. Yeah. But we'll see you all next time every Thursday and Sundays and we will catch you guys on another fucking episode. Peace. Peace.